you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Foss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. Oh, my gosh. We've got a brilliant scholar of about 20-plus books on the show with us today, and we're going to be talking about biblical Armageddon. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, we'll, we could find out maybe when we're going to hit the wall, which I think is next week from, uh, from, uh, from, I don't know, just kind of the way I'm seeing the news going. I don't know. It could happen any time now. So, uh, hopefully we'll get to the end of the episode and we can at least get, uh, you know, this in the can before Armageddon hits. Uh, we have an amazing scholar on the show. He'll be talking to us about today, but in the meantime, uh, the guilt and shaming must start for the plugs of the Chris Voss show. Uh, please refer the show to your family, friends and relatives, please for the love of God. Refer the show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, go to iTunes. Give us a great referral of five stars over there. Go to goodreads.com for just Chris Foss. Go to our big YouTube channel and LinkedIn, the LinkedIn newsletter. It's killing it over there. Go to LinkedIn and check that out as well. Follow me over there uh, as well. And now, without further ado, we're, we're going to be talking about the end of the world. In a world gone mad, Jesus is coming on March 21st, 2023 with Armageddon. Coming to... Uh, your house near you anyway uh bart d earlman is on the show with us today his newest book came out march 21st 2023 armageddon what the bible really says about the end so now we're going to finally find out gosh darn it and i know you've all been wondering uh he is the author of more than 20 books including the new york times bestselling misquoting jesus and god's problem uh, I've, I've seen that movie. He has a few problems he needs to fix. Like, can can we get some work done down here, Pete? God, uh, Bart is the James A. Gray Distinguished Professor of Religious Studies at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and is a leading authority on the Bible and the life of Jesus. He's been featured in Time and has appeared on Dateline NBC, The Daily Show, and Jon Stewart, CNN, The History Channel, major NPR shows, and other top media outlets. And now he's finally reached the pinnacle of media outlets, The Chris Foss Show. Welcome to the show, Bart. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's great to have you. Uh, give us your dot-coms, wherever you want people to uh, find you on the interwebs and get to know you better. Uh, so two of them. Uh, one is just bartermancom and uh, the other is ermanblog.org. There you go. So uh, when does the Armageddon happen, and uh, when, should, I, should, I set a, uh, uh, should I set a Zoom time for this or something? Uh, yeah, well, you know, you might want to set the Zoom time before that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Probably an hour before. You're, you're going to be facing zap time, <laughs> so you need to <laughs> you get the Zoom out of the way. Yeah, you, well, you know, so my, my book is about um, the book of Revelation, mainly, and about what the Bible has to say about when the end is coming. Mm. And uh, most people read the book of Revelation. Most, most people don't read the book of Revelation because it's too bizarre and crazy for them. But the people who do read it think it's predicting what's going to happen sometime, you know, this year. Mm. And uh, people have always said that. And in my book, I try to show why, uh, why everybody's been wrong about that and mm. why everybody will be wrong about that. It's because that's what, not what the book of Revelation is about. 
There you go. What the Bible really says about the end. The Bible is kind of like the Constitution. Everybody seems to quote it, but then you're like, uh, where is that exactly? And they're like, uh, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, you're like, have you read that thing lately? So I think it's great that you're on the show and you're establishing on this. What is Armageddon for the layman who maybe doesn't know what Armageddon is or, you know, they don't read much. Or they're watching the Kardashians. Yeah, right, exactly. So okay. Armageddon. Isn't that, a, isn't that one of the signs of the Armageddon, I think? Uh, well, some people think so, uh, you know, or, or hope so, <laughs> that the end's coming soon. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so Ar Armageddon is a, uh, it's a reference in the book of uh, Revelation. It's a reference to a, a place outside of the, uh, the town Megiddo, which oh. is in uh, Israel. Okay. And, in the Old Testament, it's a place where a lot of battles happen, and in the mm -hmm. book of Revelation, it's where the final battle happens, when Christ combats the armies of earth and wipes them out. Mm. So, in that sense, combats the armies of earth, is that, like, uh, is that like military armies, or is that like satanic or demonic armies, or is that just the Kardashians? <laughs> yeah, well, they're uh, they're in the they're in the front guard. So uh, the uh, so I uh, you know it's not clear. It's it's definitely earthly armies. It's they're gathered by the Antichrist figure. He's not called the Antichrist. He's called the Beast, but he's Christ's enemy in Revelation, and uh, it appears to be a human. And uh, and the armies of Earth gather to uh, assault heaven, and they get creamed. Uh, yeah. and, you know, with no not not much of a battle. Well, I mean, you're taking on Jesus, eh? Right? God, you know. He's got angels and things. Yeah, he's got the all-powerful being and omnipotence and, you know, that sort of thing going for him. Seems like It seems like a thing that you wouldn't want to fight the dude, you know? Yeah, well, you know, some people are arrogant. That's true. I <laughs> think they can do anything. Yeah. I've got one of those in the mirror. Is is the head of that army named Kim by chance? I don't know why. That <laughs> Seems like the Kardashians are accidentally going to be the callback joke of the show. This Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to do the callback. Um, so you, you go in depth about what Revelations really says. Like, you're just not one of those people who's just throwing around quotes and you know, like I had one time a guy who said that uh, we don't need the Constitution, we just need the Bill of Rights. And I was like, do you understand how that works? Yeah. But go on. <laughs> yeah, all right. No. Well, you know, it actually, it is interesting how similar um, biblical interpretation is to constitutional interpretation. I mean, you have, you have the very same battles uh, about, uh, you know— whether you go back to the original meaning, the meaning of the original authors, whether you whether the times have changed and so it doesn't apply anymore, you know these are the kind of things you get. But with mm -hmm. with Revelation, you know it's it's very simple to uh, go into it and kind of cherry pick verses you want to make them say what you want them to say. But scholars, mm -hmm. of course, don't do that. They uh, scholars read this thing in Greek, the original language, and they study it intensely, every word, and they put it in its own historical context. And when you do that, you realize it does not mean what most people, uh, most of your uh, favorite televangelists say it means. It means mm -hmm. it means something quite different. And so I try to explain in my book what that is. There you go. You know, I, I've heard all my life the end of times are coming. I grew up in a religious cult, and I was told that, you know, it's coming any day now. And then, uh, like, 2000 was a big day. It was supposed to come. You know, I think the seventh day of Venice have uh, tried to hit a few marks of when the final days are and missed. Um, and, and so a lot of people try and uh, nail this down. When armies happen, you know, every time there's, like, a war or an earthquake or some sort of major event you know i always hear from my religious family you know it's the end of times you better repent chris and i'm like no nah, hell no sinning's fun um <clears throat> so there's that uh 
so what what is what is the truth behind when Armageddon comes or when do you is there a date on this thing like uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, every day is the date. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like <laughs> So, you know, in the 1970s, when I, when I was in college in, 1970, in the 1970s, the, the best-selling book of nonfiction, um, using the term somewhat loosely here, the, the best-selling book of nonfiction was called The Late Great Planet Earth. And it was, it was the best-selling book in Eng the English language of any kind, not, not religious book. I mean, the best-selling wow. book wow. of the 1970s of nonfiction. Uh, and it was, uh, it predicted that the end was going to come by the end of the 1980s. Wow. And it had a very specific biblical reason for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of fundamentalists, um, are these days a little bit reluctant to pick an actual date because <laughs> it's too easy to be shown you're wrong, yeah. but, but some still do. And, um, and so the, the main line is the one you're, you know, you're suggesting is that people say, well, it's going to be soon, you know, and so whatever's happening now and whatever's in the headlines, that was predicted by the prophets. Mm -hmm. And that you've got that kind of line going back for hundreds of years with people saying, oh, yeah, now, you know, finally, it actually all started uh, in the Western world with the French Revolution. That's when people started uh, in the in the modern world started setting dates, oh. because the French Revolution was so flipping crazy that everybody said, you know, this got to be out of Revelation. <laughs> this yeah. is too this is too much. Everyone's running around with their heads off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Cut off. Yeah. You can look up that joke, Gen X yeah. Yeah. Um, or Gen Z. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I have always heard rumblings of Armageddon, but usually after a night of drinking and Taco Bell. So <laughs> well, that's a whole other matter. Yeah, yeah. Sure yeah, yeah no, that's that's not a good way to go. Yeah, it's kind of like the Lake of Fire. Yeah, it's there's something that rises from the pit called Beelzebub and stuff. Yeah, but uh, right. you know, after that, you know, you're pretty good. Uh, so uh, Armageddon, why, why is this so misunderstood by people? Do people just are people just trying to make money off it? Are people just, you know, because I, you know, I've, I've heard the table pounding of like, you must repent now because tomorrow the world must end. I think that's usually the guy in the corner with the, uh, you know, the street corner with the sign, the world ends soon. Yeah. Uh, why is this so misunderstood or misquoted? Well, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people do it to make, to make the money. I mean, people mm -hmm. like Hal Lindsey, the guy who wrote Late Great Planet Earth, became fabulously wealthy. And that wouldn't have happened <laughs> if the end had come. <laughs> and so, you know, he's still going at it. He's still, hard you know, money. Is, he, he wrote this book in 1970 and he's still on the radio saying that now the signs are being fulfilled. Oh, yeah, now. So I think, you know, I think, I think some people uh, may, do, I don't know if they do it for the money, but some people are just really convinced that God has spoken to them through the Bible mm -hmm. and that this is, uh, th that they've, um, they figured it out finally. Mm -hmm. No one else has figured out to now, but now I've got it and this is it. And sometimes that means a specific date. Uh, more often these days, it just means you better repent because it's coming soon. You know, mm -hmm. Russia's just invaded and all hell's going to break out and, you know, you got to be ready. Yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, oh, World War Three is happening. And, you know, everyone knows that doesn't happen for at least two more years, right? We all know that. Um, the uh, <laughs> Usually after a night of Taco Bell and vodka. Um, so you basically talk about the prophecy and the symbolism, the violent imagery, uh, the syntax. Uh, what about like the whole, isn't there like a part in Revelations? I, I watched Omen a few too many times. Uh, isn't there a part where they're like... Uh, you know, uh, the Omen kid comes along and, you know, he starts, uh, you know, the weird chorus uh, orchestra kicks in with the, whoa, 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 I can't do it. Saying I should probably have that set up and sound. Um, but, uh, you know, isn't there a thing where the, uh, you know, the whole, uh, the whole orchestra joins in and, you know, it's the whole singing and screaming and stuff that goes on. And, you know, he runs around for a while and then 
and then Jesus comes? Yeah, no, the omen thing is, uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a bit a bit of a modernization. Uh, so the uh, the Antichrist figure in the book of Revelation is not a kid. <laughs> he's not like born. Uh, he's, uh-huh. uh, he's um, the, you know, he, this is the thing is if you read the book of Revelation as predicting our future, then you can come up with all sorts of things, you know, that the Antichrist is X, Y, or Z, you know, that it, it, when, when, um, you know, in the in the Second World War is Mussolini or Hitler. Mm. Uh, in the it, lately of Saddam Hussein. You know, when I was in college, uh, a guy wrote a book saying it was Henry Kissinger. <laughs> you know, or or uh, so so. You know, you come up with all these names, but in, it's a leader. It's a it's a leader of of the earth. Some person historically, it's none of the above. It's not referring to somebody in the future. It's mm. referring to somebody in John's own day. He's oh. actually talking about he's talking about the problems in his time. He's writing a book to people who are alive at the time. He he tells us who he's writing to, and they're they're meant to understand what he's talking about. And the fact that two thousand years later, half half the world doesn't know what he's talking about has no bearing on the fact that he they actually knew what he meant, and he meant something about their own time. Oh, so was it the end of the world in his time then? That's what he thought. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's quite when you unpack Revelation. Uh, from a historical point of view, it's clear the Antichrist figure is the is is the city of Rome mm-hmm. and its leader, the Roman Empire emperor, mm-hmm. and they're they're the enemy that that are the Antichrist that uh, that God is soon going to destroy, and He's going to take all the power and all the wealth that these damn Romans have and mm-hmm. give them to the Christians, mm-hmm. and so the problem, so the Christians are going to take over the earth like uh-huh. Rome Rome has now. Mm-hmm. So is the Bible Revelations Armageddon, then really in the future, then it was supposed no. to have happened in the past and it maybe didn't or it did. Well, in, no, in, well, oh. no, it didn't. <laughs> Here we are. He was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that happens in the Bible. <laughs> just ruined the whole Omen series for me. Well, I mean, it's not as exciting as saying, you know, that Putin's the Antichrist, but I mean, yeah. you know, the reality is Putin's not the Antichrist. Yeah. I mean, he kind of is, but I mean, he's not like, he's not, you know, he's not the one John was talking about. No. I thought, about, it, yeah. I thought it was recently Elon Musk because, you know, it says in the well, Bible, everyone will wear the mark, and he just started selling the mark of uh, verified yeah. for fourteen ninety nine, yeah. or maybe that's Zuckerberg, one of the two of them. Well, you know, the, the Antichrist does take over the world economy, and so, oh, uh, you know, Musk, uh, although lately it doesn't look like it's going to happen for him. Yeah, maybe it will be Zuck Muckerberg's, uh, Muckerberg, right. Muckerberg. Right. I think that's a new name I'm using for uh, Mr. Zuck Muck, <laughs> Muck Zuck. Um, uh, maybe it'll be TikTok. Maybe the Armageddon will come with TikTok. I don't know. So basically, uh, you've 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 uh, blown up everyone's bubble. And the Armageddon, if it was going to happen, it's it happened back in in you said Paul's time. Who wrote it? No, it, well, so it's, it's at the it's written at the end of the first century, probably in okay. the nineties. All right, and um, it's an author who's very very upset with uh, the situation of Christians in Rome. And he's writing an apocalypse. So the, what people don't realize, I think, is that, you know, when look, most people avoid the book of Revelation, even if they do read the Bible. If mm-hmm. they read the Bible, Revelation is the one book they're not going to touch because it's just too bizarre. But those that do read it, of course, think it's talking about our future because that's what they've always been told. But the reality is that for most of the history of, of Christianity, this was not understood to be a prediction of the future at all. Uh, and so this is, it's a modern reading. And part of the things I do mm. in my book is I try to well, explain where the, this idea comes from. Hmm. 
Well, that's that's important. I, you know, I kind of on one hand, I feel kind of relieved that like, oh, good, it isn't really something that's supposed to happen in the future. But the other hand, um, I don't know. I'll, I guess we'll just get back to sinning because now I don't have anything to worry about. Hey, get back to sinning, damn it! Well, you know what ended what ended up happening in Christianity is they gave up on this idea that the end of the world was going to come sometime, you know, within the next year or so. And what they did is then they invented the idea that when you uh, when you die, you go to heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm sorry to mention this for your sinning uh, proclivities, but uh, you know you still got you still got a hell of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, in the Christian tradition, you die, okay, baby, <laughs> you're going to pay the price here. I rhino last week. Um, the, uh, it's that old Vegas thing. I don't know. I've done a little bit of drinking and maybe a couple swearing, but uh, that's all right. God can live with that. <laughs> you know, some people, they, they play, you know, they kind of play that cover the bases game with religion where they're yeah. like, well, you know, I yeah. keep one foot here and one foot over there. And yeah. And maybe when I need to run home, I'll run home. But uh, in the meantime, you know, I'll work. Yeah. Well, no, um, I mean, a lot of my, my students, you know, I, look, I teach in the South. I teach in the Bible Belt. And my students are uh, a lot, not a lot. Some of my students are religious because, they, you know, they're afraid of burning in hell. I mean, they don't, sure. it's like, you know, it's fire insurance. And so yeah. they just don't want to, you know, they don't want to, they just don't, they don't want that. And so, yeah. but, you know, and a lot of people think if there's no afterlife, well, <laughs> why not party on? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. You know what they should do to keep me from going to hell and from doing all my sinnerin, sinnerin. I don't know. I'm just making up jokes. Um, they they should say the Kardashians are going to be there because the problem they have right now, I and mean, this is a marketing problem religion has. Right now, they're like, hey, if you do bad stuff, uh, you're going to go to hell, and uh, all the stuff that's fun, and like all the great bands will be there, like Led Zeppelin and Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath and all that satanic uh, heavy metal stuff. And you're like, well, I'm going to hell because I love Metallica and I love Black Sabbath and I want to see him play in hell. I mean, that's going to be hot. I mean, like, seriously. Um, well, yeah, maybe hot. But I mean, you know, yeah, hot, seriously hot. But I mean, you know, um, or you could take the stairway to heaven. I mean, it's. Yeah, uh, I could do that. But yeah, yeah. sometimes I played that thing backwards. I, I did the whole ah, backwards thing. And I heard what it says. It says okay. the whole 666 thing. Yeah. You know, but what I'm saying is, is what they should do is say the Kardashians. And like all the housewives or whatever stupid stand drama stand are going to be in hell, and I will stop sinning just to get to heaven, just to get away from them. I got it. I spent a lifetime it. already. I'm so speaking of six six six, what is that? You know, famous six 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 that all these great bands wrote about Satanism and what? What's that all going on about? Was that something that was back then, or is that something? All right. So, now? all right. So in the, the Antichrist figure in Revelation. Uh, is is the the John has a vision of this kind of this beast, this wild beast that takes over the earth and that everybody yeah. worships, and an angel standing by to explain what it is he's seeing, and so the in the books like this when when a prophet sees something like it's just crazy and nuts and they don't know what it is and the angel explains it to him, and in this case the angel explains that this beast that take, takes over the world that everybody worships is actually uh, a human and his human number is. His number is six six six. Yeah, um, and so the deal is, is that uh, in the ancient languages like Greek and Hebrew, they didn't have a separate alphabet from their numerical system. Oh. And we have a we have a, you, we use a Roman or a Latin alphabet A B C D, but we have Arabic numerals. Uh, they use their alphabet 
And so for their numbers. So, you know, the first letter is an A, the second letter is B, and, and you go on, you can, all the letters have numbers, and you can do all the numbers that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, what he's saying is that if you add up the numbers of this person's name, uh, it'll add up to 666. Oh. And as it turns out, um, the first and and this this person is an opponent of Christians and he's c- killing Christians and it turns out the first Roman emperor to uh, execute Christians was the Emperor Nero, and if you spell Emperor Nero Kaiser Neron in Hebrew letters, it adds up the letters add up to six six six. You're ruining like every movie and every Ozzy Osbourne song. Ever. I know it's not nearly as fun, but uh, you know, on the other hand, it's not nearly as dangerous either. I mean, part of my book is showing th- these people are thinking the end of the world's coming. They've done some real damage, and yeah. not not just psychological damage to people who buy into it and then realize they're wrong, but but yeah. actual damage in the real world. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. I'm glad you're on because anytime my uh, religious family members start going on about the end of the world, I'm just going to throw your book at them, be like. Yeah, yeah, it, it already went down, man. It's already over. So there's no Armageddon coming. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, there may be, but it's not predicted in the book of yeah. Revelation. Damn it. <laughs> it seems like it's coming, but uh, yeah, it's got nothing to do with biblical prophecy. Wow. I'll never be able to watch The Omen. And- yeah, I know. It's disappointing. Listen to Black Sabbath ever again. Tease out of the book. Uh, what else do we need to know uh, to tease out in the book? I think we uh, had an internet bump there. Uh, Bart, can you hear me? Uh, what else yeah. is there to tease out on the book? Uh, in my book or the book of Revelation? <laughs> no, well, well, your book about the book of Revelation. Uh, yeah, you know, it's there. There are. Uh, Kind of uh, bizarre implications for this idea that um, that the Bible's predicting what's going to happen in the future. One one of them is that um, U.S. foreign policy has been affected in rather serious ways. Mm. Um, and so, in the book, I don't take a stand on the Israeli-Palestinian issue, mm. but I I do explain why evangelicals have always been in strong support of uh, of Israel. Because mm-hmm. um, on the surface, like you know, why? I mean, American evangelicals think that all Jews are going to hell. <laughs> so why why are they supporting Israel exactly? Why are they so gung ho for it? Is it, it because Steven out, Spielberg makes such good movies? Yeah, well, you know, no, <laughs> it's not. Although he did, but it's not that. It's um, it's because evangelicals interpret the Bible as saying that it, Israel has to be a strong nation, and that Israel, in fact, has to take over the Temple Mount. And destroy the Dome of the Rock and build the temple again. Because before they, if the temple doesn't exist, Jesus can't come back oh. uh, because of a verse in the Bible. And uh, so the support of Israel by evangelicals in America and in England started in the early 19th century by people who were convinced that Israel had to become a nation, which it did in 1948, and that uh, the temple had to be rebuilt. Which is yet to happen, and so uh, you know the move from uh, the move of the embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem was not uh, was not religiously innocent. This was to support evangelicals who want the temple to be rebuilt. Ah. so the temple hasn't been rebuilt yet. 
No, it was destroyed in the year 70 by mm. Roman armies, mm -hmm. and it doesn't exist. So if you go to Jerusalem now, you go to the Temple Mount, and mm. you, the uh, the Western Wall, what used to be called the Wailing Wall, is part of that still there. Oh. The rest of it's wiped out. But on mm. top of the Mount itself, there are some religious structures, including um, um, Islamic um, holy sites, but it and so if if Israel doesn't take over the Temple Mount completely and drive out the Muslims, then um, then the Temple can't be rebuilt and Jesus can't return. But man, man, if they do that, if they do destroy the Temple, the uh, the Dome of the Rock. Oh my God! Then you will have Armageddon. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, whoa. Well, I mean, do we do we want Jesus to come back yet? Because we're having a good time down here. We don't want him to you know show up well, and be like, yeah. Oh man, you guys. What are you guys doing down here, eh? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna flood y'all or something. Yeah, well, you know, laid back party animals don't want them to come back, but yeah, you know, give me, more, give me a couple more years at Spirit Rhino. Well, most of the world's having a pretty wretched time of it, and like you know, it's not good down here. <laughs> like, That's true. Get me out of here. And but so, I, uh, I, don't, I don't understand though. I feel like George Carlin right now. Like, <laughs> if he's an all omnipotent God. Why does he need a temple to come back? Seems like you know he, he runs the universe. He do whatever. Oh he yeah, wants. I know because uh, as as runner of the universe, he predicted the temple would be rebuilt. That's why. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so he's kind of stuck. He, with he said it was going to be, so it's got to be. And we got to hold him to it. Uh, seems <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's well, omnipotent. He's I mean, <laughs> he's doesn't, that, doesn't he change his mind? He played that one game with Abraham and his son that one time, where he's like, yeah. Yeah, kill kill the son. He's like, ah, uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. no. Like in the Bible, idea. he does change his. In the Old Testament, especially, he changes his mind yeah. a lot. But even in the New Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, uh, you have a book. You have one book, the book of Second Peter, that's explaining why, in fact, uh, God said it was going to be soon, but yeah, he didn't really mean by our calendar. <laughs> yeah, know? the Old Testament seems like a, a, a God with maybe some childhood trauma, and then he gets some therapy, uh, it seems, and then the New Testament starts. Yeah, kind know. of. But I mean, you know, the, the thing is, the God of the Old Testament is a God of love. And, uh -huh. But I mean, he, he's a wrathful fellow in a lot of time. He, he's a yeah, very violent, violent book. But you know, when people tell me that the Old Testament is, has the God of wrath and the New Testament has the God of love, mm -hmm. I just ask them, have you read Revelation lately? Oh my God. You talk about violent yeah, <laughs> wrath. It's kind, of, oh. it's kind of wrath, violent. It's kind of, a, it's kind of a weird ending to the book too. It's the, the Revelation is the end, right? Yeah, well, it's the it, you know, so it makes sense the way they organize the Bible. You start with mm -hmm. the creation of the world in Genesis, and then you end with the destruction of the world in Revelation, and mm -hmm. so that that makes sense. Uh, but it is, you know, the book the book of Revelation had trouble getting in to the mm -hmm. New Testament. That uh, sounds like were, every episode of the Kardashians, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of them's getting in. I'm telling you that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, it had trouble making it into the New Testament. And part of my book is explaining why uh, mm -hmm. and then how it did get in. Because if it hadn't gotten in, the world would have been a very different place. We wouldn't have all these fundamentalists running around, for one thing. Damn. Well, I mean, you've ruined the plot of every Black Sabbath song for me, uh, every dark uh, Ozzy Osbourne song, and 666, Satan, and you ruined Iron Maiden's uh, uh, famous song or an album, uh, The Number of the Beast. Um, anything else you, more you want to ruin before we go out here, Bart? <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the Kardashians, too. And well, you know, the funny thing is that the, um, of course, fundamentalist Christians and evangelicals are really pissed off at me because I'd say things like this. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no, it's quite. Um, but, you know, for, for, for them, I really am ruining things. And the reality is I'm not. What I do, you know, I write these books, and 
basically, I'm just saying what historical scholars have known for a long time. There mm-hmm. are Christian scholars who agree with me. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a Christian. I mean, I'm, I'm a historical scholar. I used really? to be a Christian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I'm not a Christian. But, but, um, but you know, there are very, very fine Christian historical scholars who agree with just about everything I say in this book. I mean, it's wow. <laughs> it's a violent book, yeah. and it's <laughs> and it's not. You know, I end my book by saying that this uh, this author in my judgment, does not actually have the gospel of Jesus. He, huh. he does not agree with Jesus. Um, and uh, that's, a rather, that's a rather important point. I don't, I don't, Jesus was not this wrathful, vengeful, out-for-blood guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the author of Revelation is. There you go. Uh, was there like a, one of the names of the beast was Abaddon in the, in the Bible? Yeah, there. Yeah, in in the book of Revelation, there there mm-hmm. are um, there are um, lots of weird names in the Bible, uh, and so uh, you know if you if you you know if you reform and uh, and you know kick the sin habit and enroll at a Moody Bible Institute, you'll probably be given an entrance exam. And so I suggest you memorize the names. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I actually named one of my dogs Abaddon. Oh, you did. Um, yeah, that was when I believed all the stuff before you ruined it. And, well, uh, you didn't believe it. <laughs> I bought some of it. You know, but, you know, I wish I would have known this when I was a kid because my yeah. mom would, you know, put the fear of, of hell and fire and damnation into us as kids. You better stop being bad kids or else yeah. Jesus is going to come and smite you. And we're well, like, you know, yeah. No, but, you know, a lot of the psychological damage of uh, people thinking the Revelation is predicting the end is that there's been, for almost 200 years now, there's been this idea of a rapture where Jesus yeah. is going to come and take people out of the world so they don't have to experience all this chaos yeah. that's going to happen when the Antichrist comes. And people, you know, there are people who, you know, have thought. <laughs> just about every just about every evangelical kid I knew <laughs> in the 70s at one time or another thought the rapture had happened and they'd been left behind. It just scared the hell out of them. And they and it ended up being terribly d- damaging. I, mean, I know people who are still damaged by that. <laughs> I think, oh my God. <laughs> and so it's just, a, it's just you know, it, for one thing, the rapture's not in the Bible at all. That's really? just made up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just, really? in, yeah, no, in my book, I explained where it didn't start till the 1830s, the idea of a rapture where jesus takes everybody out so the rest of us can suffer uh, hell on earth for a while Uh, that's just made up uh but it's um yeah so it's in uh yeah it's not in the bible it's not not in revelation not anywhere in the bible it's like all the there's been like tv shows and movies made about it and everything what the heck well no look the best-selling novel series probably of all time was left behind, which was, you know, it sold, I don't know, over 80 million copies in the 1990s. And it was all about that. The rapture happens and what happens when you're left behind. (laughs) And people read this as if this is the Bible speaking. (laughs) It's just some guy coming up with stuff. (laughs) There you go. Well, I mean, you know, this is kind of a downer because there are some days when I, you know, I accidentally skip across the Kardashians or I see some Gen Z uh, people doing weird stuff on TikTok. And I go, please, God, can we make this stop tomorrow? Can, we, can Armageddon just comes put us out of our misery for the love yeah. of God? Yeah. Uh, ironically, um, uh, you know, you uh, one of your big, I think, is it one of your biggest books out of the 20 plus books you've done? It was Misquoting Jesus. Yeah, it was the first um, kind of big selling book I did. And, first time uh, you decided to piss off evangelicals? <laughs> no, I decided to piss them off before that, but, oh, but that was the one that really kind of did it. <laughs> This is entertainment for an atheist right here. Yeah. Um, 
And and I think I mean misquoting Jesus' story, but I think this is important because you know it seems like there's a lot of abuse that goes on of Armageddon and what Jesus said and what Jesus didn't say. He's mowed my lawn every week now for years. I have no idea. I've never heard any of the stuff that's been quoted from him that I hear people quote. Um, and I, I think it's really important that you know some scholars really nail this down, so that people aren't just running around saying, you know, yeah. Jesus said this, Jesus said that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I had a quote from him here: "Welcome to the jungle. It gets worse here every day." Turns out he didn't say that either. That was uh, some song from uh, some band. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing there. I'm just running off at some. So, so the thing about this book, for. this book, misquoting Jesus, is actually it's it's about something people wouldn't expect, um, mm -hmm. which is that um, we don't have the original copies of the New Testament. Yeah. We have uh, so when the authors wrote something, whoever wrote the book of Revelation wrote this, wrote this thing, and we don't have that thing he wrote. We mm -hmm. have copies made later by scribes, and we actually don't have the first copies or copies of the copies of the copies of the copies. We have copies from centuries later, mm -hmm. and all these copies we have are different from each other. They have different wow. wordings for different verses, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, scholars have to figure out well, what did the author write because we don't have his writing, and there are places where we don't know. And just, mm -hmm. just for as an example, I mean, when you mentioned 666, in some of our surviving copies, it's not 666, it's 616. Oh, wow. Uh, which isn't as interesting. But uh, if you spell that name Caesar Nero, uh, there's two ways, to, two ways to spell it. Kaiser Neron with a noon at, uh, Hebrew noon at the end or without the noon. And the noon is worth 50. So without mm -hmm. the noon, it's, worth, it's 616. <laughs> so oh, some wow. manuscripts say 666, some say 616, and either one, it's talking about Nero. Maybe the guy was just lazy the second time around. He's like, I just make yeah, the 616. Yeah, just left it off. Maybe he just left the loop on it. Fell asleep. You know? A lot of that happens. They make yeah. a lot of mistakes. There are hundreds of thousands of differences in our manuscripts. Yeah. It could have been high. So there's that. Well, it's it's kind of you know technically possible. That's some fermented. <laughs> could have been a whatever was, you know, <laughs> They weren't good at refrigerating stuff back then. That's all I'm saying. It could have been something No, fermented. that's true. No, that's a good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, I've been high in written stuff. I've been drunk too in written stuff. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's interesting. All this stuff uh, you do. So overall, do do Christians like your work, or is it? How does that work out for you? Well, evangelical and fundamentalists do not like my work. Some mm. evangelicals do, more liberal evangelicals. But a lot of a lot of Christians do like my work very much because uh, within Christianity, there are very major differences from one Christian group to another. And fundamentalists, really, you know, they're not the majority of Christians in the world. They just happen to be the loudest ones. Oh. And, and they convince people of a lot of things that are just not true. Mm. Um, and so people who aren't fundamentalists who are Christians, which is the majority of Christians in the world, uh, many of them actually like my stuff a lot because mm. it's showing that their, uh, their more liberal views are justified. And you know, fundamentalists, for example, have convinced everybody in my part of the world that if you don't believe in the Bible, you can't be a Christian. Mm. That's just that's just crazy. That's crazy yeah. talk. But yeah. it's what fundamentalists say, and so everybody who's not a Christian thinks it's true. It's mm. not true at all. <laughs> for most of history, people haven't believed in the Bible and been a Christian. They've been Christians. They follow, you know, they believe in Christ. They don't believe in the Bible. Yeah. So. So anyway, so I, what I'm saying is fundamentalists don't like this kind of stuff because it's completely threatening to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of my book is showing where fundamentalism actually came from because mm -hmm. it came from this idea that the book, in part, the, the idea that the Bible is predicting when the end is coming. 
Mm. That's what in the 1890s that led to American fundamentalism. I'm leading up to something on this, but uh, what do Mormons think of your work? Because Mormons kind of believe that I think uh, the the Garden of Eden was in Mississippi or Missouri, Mississippi. I don't know. It could be there. Who knows? In Missouri, and like maybe the end of the world's going to be there. That was like Joe Smith's thing when he wasn't chasing young girls around. Yeah. Well, uh, the um, my, this book we mentioned earlier, misquoting Jesus about how scribes had changed their manuscripts, so it's hard to know what the originals said. Yeah. Uh, there are two groups of r- religious folk who really, really like that uh, that book and use it. Uh, one is the Mormons, mm. and the other are the Muslims, mm. uh, and they both use it for their missionary work because. Uh, Mormons uh, have used it to say that, in fact, you know, the Book of Mormon is, you know, you know, that's that's the final scripture, and the Muslims use it to say, yeah, you got that problem with the Christian Bible, but the Quran has no mistakes in it. Period. Boom. Nothing. And so, yeah. so they use me to kind of convince people to become, you know, Muslim or to become Mormon. Because you point out the mistakes in the Bible, yeah, point out well the mistakes and yeah, 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 point out the mistakes. Yeah. yeah, they say that about the uh, they say that about the Mormon Church Bible, but uh, it's been it's been autocorrected like fifty thousand times. In <laughs> fact, I think it's about four thousand plus times. And then in recent years, they had to clean it up some more for some of the racist stuff that was in it. But I, I kind of bring that up. The lead in was uh, it just recently there was uh, here in Utah the legislature that they they passed a law where you couldn't have certain books that talked about, uh, you know, some nastiest sexuality and some evilness, uh, and stuff like that going on, you know, some, uh, some, uh, what's, what's a joke word I can use some, uh, fornicating, <laughs> <laughs> some fornicating going on. That was yeah. bad. And, uh, evidently somebody used it against them. Uh, I believe the church of Satan did that in Florida too. Uh, but they, they used the law to get the, uh, Bible banned from like uh, libraries and schools or something. Yeah. And it kind of backfired on the people that were trying to just push the Bible and nothing else. Yeah. Well, it's amazing how many people really uh, believe in the Bible who've never read it. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the Constitution, um, too. You all know it's absolutely true of the Constitution, but I mean, <laughs> well, that's, well, including, uh, yeah. including presidents. <laughs> I said, whoa, wow, really? Assuming that Andrew Jackson wasn't, uh, or, uh, yeah, whatever. One of those Jacksons. The Jackson 5, I think, uh, Michael. <laughs> that was, was yeah. You know, wasn't on drugs when you were It wasn't broke. Michael, but yeah, it was one of those. Was it Michael? Uh, no, it wasn't Michael. Was it, was it uh, Janet? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're just doing jokes here, folks. So this has been wonderful to have you on the show and ruin everyone's uh, musical uh, lyrics and and the music. And now I'm just going to go have to listen to fucking Celine Dion all the time. All right. <laughs> and if that doesn't prompt the end of the world, God help yeah. us all. Good luck with that. I don't know what's going on there. That or Justin Bieber. Um, so anything more you want to tease out on the book? I think this has been a wonderful insight. Uh, well, just, you know, if people do wonder about anything, you know, this it's it, the book of Revelation is a really mysterious book to many people. I try to explain it in very simple terms, explain what it really does mean, and to try and show that the, that, um, bo- both that it's not predicting our future, but also that its, its message is very, very troubling. Uh, when you actually read it carefully, it's a disturbing book. And I don't think it's, I, I don't think Jesus would have recognized this author as one of his followers. Um, so, but apart from that, there's also the fact that, um, these kinds of misreadings actually affect our lives. They affect 
our lives, not just people who are believers, but just everybody. Uh, in, and I show why in the book about what kind of carnage it's caused and what kind of, I mean, it's, it's a, it has not had a good effect on a lot of, uh, a, a lot of social and political policies in the U.S. Yeah, in fact, there was kind of a point where during the Bush administration, George Bush, and I think this is reported and, and take it for whatever it's worth. I, I don't ever try and quote too many facts um, because, you know, so, stuff like this, you know, you wonder. But th there was there was kind of a, a suggestion or rumor that the Bush administration, George Bush, kind of felt like they were biblically in the final times. And and uh, that affected their policy making. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ronald Reagan certainly did. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he and Casper Weinberger, his his defense secretary, really thought the the bombs were going to fly. And George and W, of course, was a uh, was a born again Christian mm. who believed in the Bible. And yeah. um, you know, you really don't want foreign policy to be dictated by the Book of Revelation. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's one of the problems with the hellfire and damnation yeah. pol politicians yeah. is, yeah. you know, they really they really buy into that stuff, and it leads their thinking and stuff. So, well, yeah. But but now you've yeah. debunked all that, and we'll send a copy to uh, uh, Mr. Weinberger, and uh, I believe he was in both administrations, the George Bush administration, George W. Bush, and. Uh, and Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was clearly trying to sleep through Armageddon if it came, um, <laughs> along with most of his meetings in the White House, yeah, right. from what, from what right. I understand. But then so, so was George Bush. Um, I, maybe George Bush's interpretation was getting shoes thrown and was going to be the end of the world for, in Iraq there. So there's that. Um, so this has been great to clear up. And I got to tell you, you've lifted uh, just a huge worry off my thing and now every time one of my relatives says something about the end of the world i'm going to hit them with your book across the face and then tell okay. them to read it do it. i won't do that we don't condone violence here folks those are jokes anyway thank you very much for coming on the show bart we really appreciate it okay thanks for having me i've, I've enjoyed it thank you and give us a dot com so people can find you on the internet and the kardashians can sue both of us <laughs> All right. So um, my my main website is barterman.com and I, I there I I, uh, I do online courses and lectures that people can check out. I also do a blog five times a week that actually raises money for charity, and it's just ermanblog.org. There you go. And you've got a great YouTube channel. We should give a plug to that thing as well. Go for it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He's like, he's like okay. all, all humble about it. But no, it's a great channel, and he goes on there and talks about all that brilliant stuff. But buy his books first, damn it, because that's what we're here to do. We're, we're here to move books. Anyway, it's the editor's pick of Best of History on Amazon Prime right now. March 21st, 2023, Armageddon, what the Bible says about the end. Um, and uh, thanks to uh, Bart Ehrman for being on the show with us today. He's ruined all the plugging that I do about telling people they need to subscribe to the podcast before the end of the world Armageddon comes or else now I'll never be able to use that line. But in the meantime, now that you know that the world's going to keep going, subscribe to the show, go to youtube.com for it says Chris Moss, goodreads.com for it says Chris Moss and LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. There's no Armageddon. We'll see you next time. <laughs>